Part nineteen of Alador by Henry Newbolt. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapters fifty five and fifty six. Chapter fifty five How the Eagles fared in fighting, and how Sir Reynold would have dealt with Ewan. Then, when the sound of the horn had ceased, Ewan held up his hand and stayed the noise of the shouting. And he spoke and said to the eagles how they should go with him to take the gate of the city, and so to bring Hubert in. And they all assented thereto, and made them ready, but Ewan turned him about, and looked upon Enya, and a sharp pain went through his heart, and he said to her, I am distressed, O my beloved, because of you, for to-day by the space of an hour we must be parted one from other, and I know not how to leave you, for I fear the great ones of Palador. And Enya answered him lightly, and she said, Go now, and have no fear, for there is a chapel beside this hall, and it is long time forsaken and forgotten, and there shall I be in sanctuary until you come again. Then Ewan looked sadly at her, and she said to him, And if so be that you come not again, then in some other place shall you and I be met together. And she took him by the hand, and led him in, and he went throughout the hall, and found the chapel as she had said. And they came by a bailey from the hall into the chapel, and there they kissed and parted in the best manner that might be, as of lovers parting in dread. Then Ewan came forth again to the eagles, and he took a sword naked in his hand, and went before them. And they came swiftly to the gate, and looked to find it open, for they were agreed with the porter and with the guard, but they found it right otherwise, for the porter lay there slain upon the snow, and before the gatehouse was no guard but a great company of spears. And Ewan perceived the malice of his enemy, and he cried out to Dennis, This is that Sir Reynold, and he has outrun us by his craft, for I saw him running counter upon our trail. And right as he was speaking, there came a noise from without the gate, and Ewan and his shouted together, and called on Hubert by his name. And they which were without heard them shouting, and they cried the war-cry of the eagles, and battered with axes upon the gate. And Ewan called his company to rescue, and he went before them, and they set on fiercely upon the spears. And the men of the eagles and the men of the tower hewed and thrust on this side and on that, and were mingled furiously in battle and for the space of half an hour they had no mastery either of other, but they swung back and forward like two wrestlers, seeking their advantage in great grips together. Then at the last their breath began to fail them, and they drew a little apart and stood looking one upon another, and they of the tower perceived how the eagles were minished, for they were fewer from the beginning, and though they had slain each his man, yet were many of them dead upon the spears and when the spearmen saw that, they called each to other to go forward and make an end. And they came thrusting heavily upon Ewan and his, and by their weight they drove them backward, and more especially they thrust upon them by the right hand and by the left, that they might close them in on every side, but they prevailed not, for the street was narrow. Notwithstanding they continued thrusting, and Ewan perceived their intent and feared it, for he saw how it should be when they were come into the market-place. And he gathered his strength together, and shouted loudly to the eagles, 
and they strove as men desperate and lopped their enemies both spear and spearmen and so stayed them from their thrusting then when ewan saw that they were stayed he commanded the eagles to be gone suddenly and they ran back and escaped over the market-place and came to the great hall and were gathered together upon the steps before the door and ewan looked down from the steps and saw his enemies before him and they were strong men armed and armoured and they came running to the foot of the steps like the sea-tide upon the beach and he looked back upon his own men and saw them few and faint and it came to his mind that the end was not far off from them then the spearmen made them ready again for battle for they were strictly commanded that they should assault the place and stint not till they had taken it so they came upon the steps with spears all thick together as it had been thorns in a quickset hedge and they began to push the eagles upward from step to step and ewan saw their dealing and he perceived the vantage which they had thereby and the danger for they were clumped so close that they could not move except it were to go forward altogether then he ran and stooped quickly and he loosened a great stone of the flags which were before the hall and he came forward again upon the steps and cast it down upon the spearmen and it fell like death among them and they cried out piteously and went backward and in their fear they trampled one upon another and ewan and his made haste and took up other like stones for there was there no lack and they stood ready to hurtle them down after the same manner but the spearmen gave ground and would not abide their coming and some among them clamoured that they should send for archers to shoot safely upon the eagles and when the eagles heard them clamouring they bade them good speed for they knew how the archers were a free company and favoured not the tower so the battle stood still on this side and on that until that some new thing should fortune then with watching the day began to pass over and the great bell of palador rang noon above them and in the same moment there was a stir among the spearmen and the throng of them was parted in the midst and one came forth and began to go upon the steps and ewan was astonished for he which came was sir reynold and he came courteously and without fear and he gave ewan greeting and looked cheerily therewith and he demanded to speak with him privily and truce to be had between them while they continued one with the other so they went into the great hall they two alone and the door was shut to behind them and sir reynold began to speak with ewan as one that found no fault in him but he blamed only the archbishop and his and he named their curses witless and unlawful and ewan answered him all this i have forgotten for i only am accursed but to-day our fighting is against a more evil custom and there is nothing shall stay us except death only then sir reynold looked kindly upon him and said a pity of your fighting and of your friends for there are few of them which are not slain or hurt and the pity is this that if you would the weak should be the stronger now when he had said these words he looked fixedly upon ewan and he took his hand and set a great ring upon his finger and ewan saw the stone of the ring and in it were the arms of palador engraven and sir reynold said the prince hath left none to inherit him save you only for there is none other that hath power in palador then ewan's heart fluttered like a bird in his bosom 
and for a moment he thought to have escaped the death then his eyes were lightened and he remembered him of the prince how he had seen him in his chains and he said to sir reynold take the ring again for your princes have no power against your customs else had they never been so bound then sir reynold took the ring and went out and he spoke no word nor he let no sign be seen upon his face chapter fifty six how ewan beheld a dead man laid on a bier now when sir reynold was departed the men of the tower made no more show of fighting but they drew off a little space and set a watch upon the eagles and they fetched wood and kindled them a fire for the day began to darken and the snow was cold about their feet and the eagles kept their guard upon the steps for they durst not move therefrom but their hope was that hubert and his should presently break in and rescue them and the dusk fell and ewan looked forth over the market-place and he saw a child which walked alone and made to come from the one side to the other openly and by his going ewan knew him without doubt and he was the boy by whom he had gone forth on pilgrimage and he saw how the boy passed through the midst of the spearmen and they perceived him not and though he trod downright upon the snow yet he left behind him no footprint nor any mark of his going and as he had passed through the spearmen so also he passed among the eagles and he came to ewan and took him by the hand and he led him through the hall and through the bailey and brought him to the chapel now the chapel was dim with twilight and ewan entered within it and stood still for he looked to see enya and at the first he saw her not but the child that was with him drew him by the hand and he went farther and came before the altar and there upon the north side of the choir was a tomb beneath a canopy of carven stone and the tomb was by seeming empty for there was upon it no effigy nor arms nor words memorial but beside it was enya in sanctuary and she was fallen asleep upon the floor of the chapel and ewan regarded her lovingly and he had great comfort of her beauty seeing how she lay as one at rest and upon her face was no care but only the softness of sleep then the child left holding of ewan's hand and he went apart and kneeled upon the step which was before the altar and there he folded his hands together and bowed his head and when ewan saw him so kneeling then upon him also fell peace and quietness of heart and he bowed his head after the like manner and when he lifted it up he saw the child no more then he heard above him the sound of a bell that was tolling stroke by stroke and the door of the chapel was opened behind him and the sound of the bell came in clearly and with it came a wind as cold as death and ewan turned and saw how there entered in six men in white clothes and black with hoods about their faces and they bore upon their shoulders a bier and that which lay thereon was covered with a pall and the three which were on one side were all in black and the three which were on the other side were all in white and they set down the bier before the altar and kneeled beside it and there came in after them a great company of knights and they were all armed and visored and their surcoats above their armour were of black or else of white and with that company the chapel was fulfilled from end to end and from side to side and in every knight's hand was a candle burning 
and the flame of the candles was clear and bright and wavered not for any wind then one stood forth between the altar and the bier and prayed aloud and the words which he prayed were old words yet was their sound stranger than an unknown tongue and thereafter he began to sing a solemn chant and all the company of knights made their response and the sound of their chanting went over ywain as it were the deep sea closing up his eyes and he strove with all his force whether to move from that place or to cry out for he was in an agony but neither his body moved nor his tongue gave utterance then he that said the office made a sign of blessing and the knights fell down upon their knees and afterwards they rose up all together and chanted again right joyfully and they went forth singing and the sound of their voices came back out of the night and they left there the bier before the altar and at the head of it were seven candles burning then ywain was loosed from his bondage and his spirit returned to his body and he wept silently because his agony was past and he longed to find the meaning of that which he had seen for in his life days he had seen many visions and dreamed many dreams but none like to this neither for dread nor for deliverance and as he thought thereon he cast his eyes upon the bier and when he beheld it he knew that the vision was not yet ended seeing that this also was part of it then he went forward for his feet drew him yet he trembled also and his heart was shaken and he had great need of hardihood and he came trembling and stood beside the bier and looked down upon the pall and under it was the semblance of one lying alone and ywain put forth his hand and took hold on the edge of the pall and he drew back the pall upon the bier and looked on and saw the face of him which lay thereon and when he beheld it in that same instant there came into his mind remembrance of all deeds that ever he had done and he saw them afar off and some of them were as lights which flare up and fade again and other of them were as fires which smoulder and will not be put out and in like manner he remembered all men and all women whomsoever he had known and he saw them afar off and had pleasure in them all for he saw them not as doers of good and of evil but as pilgrims only and every one walking by the light that was in him then he stretched out his hand and took the pall again to cover the face of the dead and when he had covered it he stood a long time questioning for the face which he had seen was his own face and it was secret as silence is secret end of part nineteen